Hey and welcome to the Intuitively Inspired Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Elizabeth, and I'm a holistic health and food freedom coach. It's my mission to guide you into being the CEO of your own body and life. Each week, we will delve into all things eating and living intuitively, stepping into the most confident and powered version of you, and redefining your meaning of health and happiness so that you can leave feeling lit up, tuned in, and turned on by your life. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Intuitively Inspired, where today we're going to be talking about how to navigate foods that you feel guilty around or maybe foods that you feel shameful of when you've eaten them, right? So this is something that comes up so often in my coaching practice, whether it be with women in my community, whether it be with Uh, discovery calls with clients or potential clients and one-on-one work everybody talks about feeling guilty around food and it's honestly become more and more common and stems from this idea of good and bad foods right if you think that foods can be good or bad straight away you're setting yourself up for this guilt and shame around food and honestly it's been normalized by everybody and so it doesn't really seem like a disordered kind of thought process around food until it gets to the point where you literally feel guilty about eating everything and anything. And one of the interesting things that I sometimes get clients to do is write down all of the foods that they feel really guilty and shameful about eating and then write down all of the foods that they they don't feel guilty about eating. And honestly, the list of foods that they don't feel guilty about eating is so minuscule that straight away they see that they've set themselves up by for failure because there's only a couple of foods that they can actually eat or feel like they can eat without feeling that guilt and shame that's attached to it. So it's really, really interesting to actually visualize that by writing it down and seeing it so that you can see the situation and the position that you put yourself in when you start calling foods good and bad, right? You literally set yourself up for not being able to eat anything at all, basically. And it really just starts with normal diet chat, right? So recently, even I went to a boot camp class And all the girls there were making comments like, you know, I'm burning off my food from last night or uh, I really deserve my breakfast now I've done this. And it's all very innocent and everybody laughs and thinks it's funny. But really, it's so unhelpful because this is the beginning of a disordered relationship with food, right? And of course, women are kind of laughing and joking about it in the open, but how they feel about it behind closed doors might be totally different. So really thinking about the language that you use around food and the language that you use about yourself when it comes to food and movement as well, because movement shouldn't be a form of punishment, right? It shouldn't be something that we do to burn off our food. We should be doing it if we want to do it for empowerment reasons, to feel good, to feel energized, to feel strong, and not to be forcing ourselves um, into doing these uh, movement classes because we feel guilty and shameful about the food that we've eaten or potentially to be able to earn the food that we're going to be eating in the future right so really thinking about what language do I use around food at the moment and how is that projecting onto my relationship with food right now and I think that's probably the first thing that I would say in this situation is if you are someone who's feeling really guilty and ashamed around your food choices really kind of step back and ask yourself first of all well what is my mindset around all of this what foods am I considering good what foods am I considering bad and how am I setting 
setting myself up for failure here. So that might be the first thing that you want to go and investigate a little bit further. So I asked you on Instagram, which foods you feel most guilty about or shameful of. And honestly, it is not surprising that the majority of the foods that you came back to me with are foods that you might consider bad foods, right? Or foods that you're used to steering away from due to being on certain diets. So things like sweets, carbs, crisps, sugar came up, all of these different things. And even a few times I've been in this situation myself and also I've had clients who will not eat a full banana because it's just too much sugar or too many calories. And so we're only committing and allowing ourselves to eat half a banana. And that came up a couple of times as well. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Going back to what I was saying earlier about if you have a full list of all of the foods that you think are bad, you can see straight away that you're setting yourself up for failure, especially because all of us have potentially not just been on one diet, but probably five or six, or, you know, in my case, probably around 20 or so. And so think about all of those rules that you've picked up over time, because every single diet is different, right? Some are telling you to stay away from fats. Some are telling you to stay away from sweet foods. Some are telling you to stay away from fruit, even some carbs, even if it's vegetables. And so, you know, you're looking at the list of all of that diet all of those diet rules that you've been listening to over the years and straight away you can see that list of bad you know quote unquote bad foods getting bigger and bigger and bigger and really thinking about how much room are you leaving for foods that are supposedly good and oftentimes there's literally only a handful of foods that we'd even consider to be good foods right so straight away setting ourselves up for failure So one thing that I wanna ask you here, and obviously this is gonna be very different for everyone. So take this question back to your journal and do some self-reflection. Of course, this is me, so I'm gonna recommend to go back to your journal with absolutely everything. (laughs) Uh, Just because I find journaling is such a a powerful tool for getting to know yourself and your relationship with food. But what I'd love you to ask yourself in this situation is, would I still feel guilty around these foods if I could eat them in moderation? Or if I didn't lose control around these foods every time they're around me, would I then not feel so guilty around them? Now, the chances are the answer to that is probably yes. It's probably, actually, if I could eat these foods in moderation, if I could just have a few and they could be part of a well-rounded, varied diet of mine and I just felt totally normal around them, then I probably wouldn't feel so guilty around them. I'd probably feel absolutely, I'd, I'd feel fine with having them in my kitchen I'd feel fine with having them on my plate because I don't feel like I'm going to lose control. And so if that's the case, and if that's the answer to the question that actually, yep, I'd be okay with them if I could eat them in moderation, then this really does highlight the importance of the work with your relationship with food versus the food itself, right? Because this points you into the direction of, it's not the food that's actually the problem here. It's the relationship with food that's the problem because it's not necessarily the food itself, But it's the fact that when we're around them, we're overeating them or we're binging on them or we can't seem to stop or that we're obsessed with them and restricting them, right? So it's actually the relationship with food that needs the support rather than the food itself that's the enemy. So I think that's a really, really important distinction there to ask yourself that question. How would I feel around these foods if I could eat them in moderation and if that I could just have them as part of my varied diet and they were literally on the same pedestal for me as an apple or an orange or I don't know, maybe that's too much sugar going back to some of the diets that I know that I've been on um, or, you know, some green leafy vegetables. So if, if those foods were as normalized to me as other foods, would I be okay with, with 
with them? Would I would I no longer feel guilt around them? So if the answer to that is yes, absolutely, it really does highlight the importance of the relationship with food itself. That's the important thing here. And when you've got a normalized relationship with food that's healthy, straight away all of these foods that we'd consider bad no longer become a threat to us because we're no longer binging and overeating on them. So when you're faced with this guilt and shame around food, I think it's really important to remind yourself that actually it's the relationship with food that is the important factor here and not necessarily the food itself. And a really helpful way to think about this and pivot that attention from the food itself to your relationship with food is rather than asking yourself, is the food on my plate good or bad? Or what is the food on my plate? Steering your attention away from that and towards your intention behind the food itself. So hear me out because I don't want to make this really, really complicated, but I, I think this is a really helpful tool that will support you in feeling less guilty and shameful around foods, right? So rather than looking at the food itself and thinking, is this food bad or good? What I want you to do is start thinking about the intention behind the food, because actually your intention behind the food, no matter what it is, can be healthy or unhealthy, depending on why you've reached for them, right? So let's take a birthday cake as an example. If you are sat around the table with your family and everybody is eating a piece of birthday cake and they're all connecting over this cake and having a great time and celebrating celebrating someone's life, celebrating someone's birthday, but you are sat on the side of the table and you're like, no, I'm not allowed this. This is totally against my diet rules, so I'm not eating it. I would say that the intention behind that is pretty unhealthy, right? Because you're missing out on connection with your family, you're missing out on an experience, and you're saying no to something that potentially you're gonna really enjoy. So the the intention behind that decision around food is potentially unhealthy, right? Depending on, on the situation. Then have a look at same birthday cake, right? Same cake, same nutritional value, everything else, but you've had a really stressful day at work and you're driving home in an absolute hurry. You're caught in traffic. You're really stressed out. You get home, you stand by the fridge and you literally go into the fridge, get a spoon and just start absolutely inhaling the birthday cake, right? So the intention behind that is very, very different. And potentially unhealthy right this is obviously going to differ situation by situation but the example is 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 really important here because it really stresses that it's not really about the food it's about the reason that you reached for that food in the first place it's about the intention behind the food it can be potentially quite harmful and unhealthy to say no to delicious and fun foods because you're on a diet and you're really restricting yourself but also it, the same food if you're reaching for them because you're trying to cope with you know negative emotions or you're not processing your emotions or you're just doing it because you're trying to numb or avoid what's really going on the intention behind that is unhealthy so really thinking about actually how can I pivot my attention away from the food itself and think more so about the actual intention behind my food and this will stop you from looking at the actual food right and thinking is this food good or bad it's like why did I make this decision around food and I think again this is one of the first things that I get my clients to do when we first start working together is really thinking about rather than what food have you eaten today why did you reach for the food that you reached for today and that will tell you a lot about 
whether you can cope with your emotions, what emotions are coming up for you, whether you're actually listening and honoring your hunger and fullness and everything else, right? So thinking about why rather than what and also how as well and the way that you're eating that food, right? Because, you know, sitting and eating your food from a plate with cutlery and enjoying the experience is very different from standing by the fridge and inhaling a certain amount of food, right? So really thinking about not the food itself, but why and how. And that will be a really helpful way to start steering your attention away from this guilt and shame around foods. Um, So that's a really, really important thing to consider and put into practice straight away as well. So I really hope that this is starting to show why it's so important to heal your relationship with food in order to stop feeling guilty and ashamed around your food choices or or the types of foods that you tend to reach for because essentially it's not really actually the food's problem right it's not the food's fault it's the way that we react around the food it's the fact that we feel out of control around the food and it's the reason why we reach for the food versus the actual food itself so really really important to learn how to eat intuitively to learn how to heal your relationship with food so that it's the psychology that's changed around it versus actually changing the food itself and that's why you know you can go on a diet and the relationship with food is only worsened because you're just trying to literally stick a band-aid on a gun wound rather than actually getting to the root cause of the issue which is the relationship with food itself right changing the food changing what you eat isn't really going to be helpful it's really much more about your psychology around food and your relationship with it So it's actually the deprivation that has caused the guilt around food in the first instance. It's not the actual food itself, right? So although we feel and believe that, you know, it's that food that's causing us to feel guilty, it's not the food itself. It's actually the deprivation and the fact that we've restricted it for so long, right? So I'm not quite sure how many of you remember the days before, you know, that diet mentality kind of kicked in. But oftentimes, you know, we don't have those feelings around food, especially as children right you look at children today they never feel guilty about their food choices and the reason for that is because they stop when they've had enough and they're satisfied and they you know there's no emotional attachment to that food whatsoever right and it's only when we start to deprive ourselves and restrict ourselves from that food that we start to feel guilt when we do eat it and the more that you deprive and you restrict yourself of specific foods and food groups the more guilty you actually become around them so again I don't know if you've noticed this but a lot of the time when we eat something that we feel is bad or that we shouldn't have eaten or something that we've tried to restrict the feeling of guilt only intensifies when we then go and reach for them again right because it's it's that oh, I have been trying so hard to stay away from this food I've been trying so much to keep away and to steer myself away from wanting these foods and I keep reaching for it and every single time you reach for it when you think that you're not supposed to or you think that you're not allowed to that feeling of guilt intensifies and intensifies over and over again so again it really points you into this direction of it's the relationship with food that needs the that needs the support that needs the healing and it's not the fact that you need to stay away from the food itself right but another thing that I think is really important to mention here is that there is no one food that is going to be so harmful to your health when you eat it in moderation right there is no one food or one snack or one meal that you can eat that is going to cause you to go off the rails with your health or is going to cause you serious damage to your health right if the majority of the time you ate foods that made you feel energized strong healthy and vibrant and dotted in and around that are foods that make you feel 
satisfied that foods are foods that are like soul foods right that you enjoy eating that are fun that promote connection with others that support you in celebrating life that is not going to cause you a massive detriment to your health the only time that they can be harmful to your health is when you're overeating them right so when the relationship with them is unhealthy that's when it can become detrimental to your health right because you're overeating on them and I'm sure you all remember I definitely remember the feeling that I used to have after a binge right where I would just feel so sick so sluggish so disgusting just not myself at all tired and I would really blame the food I'd be like like, yeah, that's because I ate chocolate. And it's like, no, it's not the chocolate's fault, right? It's not the chocolate. It's not the food itself. It's the fact that you just sat there and ate loads of it in one sitting, right? So you can see straight away that it's actually the relationship with food that tends to cause these feelings of because an argument that I hear all the time is like, Sarah, you can't argue with the fact that some foods are less nutritious than others. And it's absolutely true. There are no, you know, you, there are no arguments against the fact that there are foods that are less nutritious than others. But at the same time, they only become a problem in your diet. They only become a problem in your health when the relationship with them is distorted, right? When you're either feeling really obsessed with them or you can't keep yourself away from them, you're overeating on them, you feel out of control around them that's when they can be detrimental to the way that you feel and to the way that your body functions but not if you're eating them as part of a varied balanced happy and whole diet with a relationship with food that's healthy right so obviously navigating foods that you feel guilty around is very much mindset work, right? There's not really much practical work in terms of, you know, fixing what you're actually eating or anything like that that can be done here. It really is all mindset work, which is why the first part of my program is called Root. And it's all about getting to the root cause and setting firm roots into healing the rest of your relationship with food, right? Having that firm foundation there. And that is all mindset work, right? So in order to heal these feelings of guilt around food, it's really important to rewire the way that you think about food in general. And so a lot of what I do with clients is really looking at their beliefs around food, looking at their beliefs around their body, looking at their beliefs about themselves and rewiring that into beliefs that are more supportive for their relationship with food and beliefs that are more supportive for their health overall. So because of that, using things like affirmations, using your journal, using little mantras that can support you in this journey of healing, feeling this guilt around food is super helpful, right? So I know it sounds really woo-woo, use affirmations and use mantras, but it's actually really helpful um, and really starts to pave the way for new beliefs around food and new beliefs around your body. So some affirmations that might be helpful here are things like, my body deserves to be fed. I deserve to eat, right? Or something like, I'm currently healing my relationship with food and eating this is supporting that, right? I'm on my journey to healing and growth, whatever it is. But think of a couple of different affirmations that you can say to yourself when you are eating foods that you'd usually feel quite fearful of because these can really pave the way and in the beginning it's really difficult to get into the habit of saying these affirmations it seems like a bit of a habit one thing that I always say to one-on-one -on -one clients is that it's almost like when you're learning how to drive and you know the driving instructor will continuously say check your mirrors check your mirrors and in the beginning you're like deliberately doing it all of the time and you're really moving your head and exaggerating the fact that you're checking your mirrors but eventually you get to the point where you're just you know you'll just casually 
looking in your mirrors all the time. It's very much a habitual um, reaction to anything that you do in the car is like, okay, I'll check my mirrors because that's like a normal just thing that you've gotten used to. And learning new beliefs around food and your body is very much the same kind of thing, right? In the beginning, it seems like a lot of effort. It's very deliberate. You d- quite often don't believe it in the beginning. And then eventually you get to the point where that becomes your natural go-to thing to say to yourself, right? So really coming up with some affirmations and some mantras that might be helpful for you in this journey to healing your relationship with food and preventing that feeling of guilt around food will also be really, really helpful for you as well. And of course, journaling. I always mention journaling and journaling was such a huge part of my own healing and growth journey. Maybe I need to do a podcast episode on journaling and how to do that to support you in recovery from disordered eating or something. Maybe that could be an idea for later on down the line. So I'll leave you with that. I know that's a lot of information to kind of uh, put out there straight away but I think it's going to be super helpful and obviously quite implementable into your own life I really hope that it helps please do let me know if it does drop me a message on Instagram let me know what you took from this um, I would also really appreciate it as well if you're listening to this screenshot it and tag me in on Instagram I'd love you to spread the word about this podcast um, I know that you know it's pretty early on in the process of getting episodes out and everything else but I'm really enjoying this and I'd love for as many people to be hearing these episodes as possible I'd love to be helping as many women as possible with their relationships with food so please do share it around share it on your instagram definitely tag me in as well so that i can see that you're listening and yeah i hope you have a wonderful day and i will speak to you next time if you loved this podcast please do share it with a friend or leave a review it would mean the world also don't forget to find me on ig as i would love to connect with you you can find me at sarah elizabeth health elizabeth with an s not a z Sending you so, so much love and I cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode.